Welcome to the Wellness Pod. I'm your host, Malika. And I'm your other host, Mpiwa. And we have bi-weekly episodes where we talk about all things wellness. This episode is about the realities of growing up. It's a much-needed discussion, if you ask me, because there's so many questions and uncertainties that we have about adulting. And the topic of this episode, of course, it goes hand-in-hand with our previous episodes on anxiety and mental health, because a lot of it has to do with mind and body management. So if you actually haven't listened to that one, please do. But for today, though, let's set the scene with an app that most of us are on, TikTok. I know I'm on it. There's this TikTok sound that's been trending. It's been making rounds lately, and it talks about being in your 20s. It says something around the lines of, oh, I'm so young, but I'm so old. I should do everything. I should rest. I can do what I want, but I need to be careful. I'm an adult, but I need help from an adult. I'm so smart, but I feel so stupid at the same time. I'm leaving, and I feel left behind. Um, I want to be a kid again, and I can't wait to be old. I've done a lot, and yet I've done nothing. I want to be alone, but I feel so lonely. Yeah, um, that is such a current topic for most of our listeners, because most of us are in our 20s. So in this episode, we will be having a conversation on purpose and the scary things about adulting, the realities, lessons, and the responsibilities. We have two perfect guests for this. Sharon, who was actually in the Yale NUS class of 2018, and Valeria, who is in the class of 2021. Hi, everyone. I'm very excited to be on the podcast today. Um, so I'm Sharon, and as Impiwa mentioned, I am proudly class of 2018. I was a life sciences major with a minor in psychology And after graduating, I worked as a research assistant in the School of Public Health at NUS from 2018 until July of this year, actually, when I moved back home to Ghana. I'm Valeria. I am from the class of 2021. Um, I did environmental studies and now I'm working in tech. I am a product manager at a climate tech startup. I graduated when COVID was still a huge thing. So my batch actually didn't have a graduation for a lot of us felt like very eternal and that added a layer of anxiety on top of everything that you go through when you're graduating. Um, I was very lucky to get a job before I graduated. So I think when that time came, I was a bit more at peace, but I did take a role that I never thought I would have, which was a role in tech. I felt so much anxiety about the job market, COVID, having to leave Singapore, then what what do I do with my visa? Can I come back? So I kind of took the first job that was offered to me and it was a really good decision. I didn't know this, of course, at the time, um, but it has um, sort of put me in this world, which is tech, that I ended up really, really enjoying and that um, I'm still in today. Never thought I would do anything in tech and I wasn't even applying to anything tech related, Um, but then I think I was talking to a friend, someone who had graduated about how anxious I was about the job market. And she sent me this um, job offer, like job um, posting about a role at Shopee with a focus in Latin America. And I am from from Paraguay. And I just applied and I, I mean, one thing we do well at Yale and US is writing, right? So I just like, I don't know. I <laughs> did something with my cover letter to kind of make it seem like I was a great fit and they hired me they took a huge leap of faith because I didn't even know what product management was before I applied um and yeah that was my first my first job and it really put me at ease to at least have a visa at least have something in Singapore and I always thought okay I'm gonna change later it's this is not forever um 
and yeah, three years later, uh, we're we're still here, not at Shopee anymore, but still in the field. I was say, I think my experience is actually quite the opposite of Valerius. So when graduation came around, I actually hadn't secured a job, and I wasn't looking for. I was looking for something specific. Um, so I I didn't just want to do anything to you know while away the three years on TGS. Um, but I also, I wanted something that aligned more with my career goals and wanted to find meaningful work. Um, and so I was very, very particular about the jobs I applied to. I can't remember the number now, but I do believe I applied to fewer than 10 jobs um, in total. And um, I, I came to, so I think a bit of background on me is I came to Yale and US as a pre-med, but while I was uh, in years, I took courses in public health, and then I realized that my interests were actually more aligned with public health than with medicine. So as in my whole motivation for wanting to become a doctor was to improve people's health and well-being, and public health does that on a much larger scale in terms of uh, policies that impact populations and the preventive messaging that and, and interventions that um, you know keep people healthy for longer. So they don't need to seek, um, they don't need to manage their health and manage their treatment. And so that, that was what I think I've always been attracted to. But growing up, I didn't have the language of public health. I hadn't been introduced to the field. And so it was in year and years that I was introduced to it. And so at graduation, I knew I was very sure about public health. Um, but the other challenge that public health posed for me was that it's also a very broad and multidisciplinary field. And so I felt overwhelmed with all the choices. I didn't know which direction I wanted to go. Um, but I just knew um, when I saw the job, I would know that it was right for me. And so I, I just would read a job description and I would say, oh, I don't think this, this is right for me. And I wouldn't apply. So which is why I applied to fewer jobs. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think it's so interesting listening to both of you talk about the job markets because I'm assuming that it, it it does look different, you know, in 2018 compared to 2021, compared to 2024, which is the market that you and I are entering. Um, so it's really interesting to hear maybe the evolution or kind of glean that there has been some evolution. Um, Valeria, you talked about the anxiety you felt with job seeking, especially in the context of COVID. Um, would you have any advice for anyone who might not be sure about how to start or approach that period? Of their life and how did you manage the pressures and anxieties during senior year? In terms of practical advice to navigate the job market, I am a big fan of lists and I really kept track of every single place that I applied to. I think something that is always helpful is to tailor your story to the job and I think that can be done with almost anything, especially as a fresh grad. You don't really have experience, you're not even, like, you're not really um boxed in into anything yet so I think it's um easy to sort of craft craft your narrative in a way that fits most job descriptions unless they require a very specific skill um so I think that's something I got really good at as I was applying to literally 200 jobs um <laughs> is to um really try to craft my story and find those little I guess like things that they need and they say they need in the JD and then adapt myself to that. And then second piece of advice is to rely on your community. Um, that's always 
I think is the only way to cope with this really, really difficult period. You, I don't think you can do it alone. Wow. Thank you so much for such advice. I think those are things that um, a lot of people forget, especially when it comes to the community part, because, you know, this is a very isolating process. So, you know, community is very important. And I guess like the next question that we could have is like for Sharon, like now that you've been doing adult life for a while, you've changed communities and you've changed countries as well. You know, a question that I would have for you, having changed environments, is what made you do it? What made you realize that there's something that's missing that I want? I did mention earlier that I I knew I was very sure about public health, but I wasn't sure about which space, right? Which area specifically within public health. So um, when I, so I think maybe I can talk about how I first got my job. And then I can talk about what was missing and why the move back home. So um, I, I did my capstone in public health. And I, at the time, I don't think YNC still does now, but at the time YNC did not have a public health major or minor. And so I had to work with a professor from the School of Public Health in NUS who became my uh, supervisor for my capstone project. And I enjoyed working with him so much and I enjoyed the work that I did with him. Um, but when he put out uh, a job posting looking for a research assistant, I, I hopped onto it and I applied. It was in HIV and at that time I had done some research in uh, for some classes on HIV. So I was getting interested in the topic. So I decided to apply. I interviewed with him and his team and then they, they loved me and so they, they gave me the job. Um, but so during my time, I worked on infectious diseases. I worked in HIV, I worked on TB and these, the greatest burden of these diseases are in Africa and also in Asia, but largely I think for HIV in Africa, right? And so um, there's naturally more exciting uh, and impactful work. And when I say impactful, I mean in terms of scale and moving the needle on the global level being done within the continent. And, you know, I, I don't know what your experience is with um, international work in Singapore, but a lot of Singapore's public health work was mostly focused on Singapore. So when I worked in HIV in Singapore, it was largely focused on uh, Singapore. And um, Singapore is trying to do some uh, global health uh, outreach. And all of these efforts are mostly concentrated within the Southeast Asian region. But I knew I wanted to work in, in the continent. I wanted to bring my skills and experiences back home and apply them here. And so I think to me, there wasn't any um, real global work within the continent that was happening there that I could participate in, specifically within where I work, which is why I made the move. And um, um, I had finished my TGS. I had uh, completed my master's in public health. And it just, the fact, the time just felt right. My housing contract was ending. My job was ending all around the same period. I just thought it was a sweet spot to, to move. And then I had also been away from family for so long. And then we just had a baby nephew. I come around and then my nephews and nieces are like, who are you, you know? Because I go away for one year and didn't see them for like a month at a time. So I, I really wanted that connection with family. I wanted to spend time again, uh, getting to know my family and, getting to know my nieces and nephews. So I think all of those just, it just aligned perfectly. And I decided it was now or never. Yeah, no, that's, it's very true. I feel like I love how you firstly contributed by saying that, you know, for you, the 
passion remained the same from the beginning, which is very good because I think a lot of people kind of uh, lose like what exactly they might want to do along the way. But it's just admirable how you maintained the devotion to making sure that African narratives remain represented, which is something that is, yeah, like, you know, if that's something that you're passionate about, like, you know, for all of our listeners and for anyone who's not too sure, you know, we always encourage you to just never doubt or second guess something that you feel like you're ultimately devoted to. And yeah, it's showing to the fact that you're back in Ghana now and you're working on something that you started good work in, 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 in Asia, but now you're bringing it back to, 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 to home. Which... Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting that we've all experienced TGS or we are going to experience TGS. Um, Valeria, so how has TGS impacted your life? Um, and for listeners who aren't really aware of what TGS is, um, it's a tuition grant scheme offered by the government where they essentially subsidize a portion of your tuition um, while you're in school over the four years. Um, and in return, you have to be employed in Singapore or an entity that is paying some paying tax to Singapore um, for about three years. Um, so how have you been managing that and what are some things you've learned about it? Uh, what is not often spoken about regarding TGS requirements and how has the experience been? I signed those papers, which we signed when we were like 18. And it's like a contract that finds you for $80,000. Money had never seen in my bank account. I thought of it as like, oh my God, it's like three years. It feels eternal. It's almost as long as my college years now that I'm nearing the end so I have about six uh, months left it really wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it would be um, in fact I think I will stay beyond my three years when I used to think that I would run away immediately <laughs> when the, the three-year mark hit um, I don't think that's true anymore and there's a couple of reasons for that um, one is that I think as international students like we all are education is a really good way to immigrate and the reality of a visa I mean it's it is very difficult so it's pretty hard for me to say okay I will move to this country next year it that's just not really how it usually goes um Singapore still provides a pretty stable and familiar place which is what I need right now then tied to that that familiarity comes from the fact that, as you said, most of us are on TGS. So, so many of my friends are still around. Um, I think it would have been so much more destabilizing or so much more, I guess, like emotional to have parted ways with them as soon as we graduate, like everyone just disperses. I think TGS does offer the opportunity to navigate adult life in the same country together with your friends and um, and then for me, the third reason is that my sister's also here. She's from the class of 2025, the last batch. And I think just having been so far away from home for so long, having her around is, it feels great. And I just don't want to leave yet, especially because I don't think I will go back home immediately. So I know that leaving Singapore means going somewhere unknown next. So... I have a question that's um, something that's been on my mind for a while regarding um, passion projects. And um, for those who might not know, I do a little bit of music, but then I'm starting to see that there might be a little bit of a rift between 
um, my music side as well as my educational track. So sometimes, you know, I hope that maybe I can find that sweet spot between, you know, my major, which is global affairs and like music and culture and the arts, you know, how do you pursue your passions, your passion project while still managing the financial obligations of adulting? I think I, I've always known, as I mentioned, I'm interested in public health and I work in public health. So that for me has always been like a career goal. And so I'm living in that and also a, like a past, something I'm passionate about. But I also am passionate about music, uh, similar to you, uh, but definitely not on your level. I don't make my own music. I just like to sing and love to listen to uh, lots and lots of music. So how I keep that passion alive is I just, within my own spaces, within my own circle of friends, I try to create a space for, for that. So for instance, my friends and I, um, I don't know if you've ever watched uh, The Voice on, um, I watch it on YouTube, but there's this NBC show called The Voice. And it's where singers go on and uh, they sing. And if they get a chair 10, uh, if a coach likes them, they get a chair 10. So my friends and I have incorporated that into um, our kind of um, hangouts where uh, maybe once a month or every couple of months, we'll have a, a, a voice show amongst ourselves and it's themed. And then um, we have coaches, maybe my friend's parents who serve as coaches and then we each sing our song. And then if we get a chair 10 or we progress to the next level of the battles where we sing with each other against each other and so that's how I keep my interest in music alive and I think how you can keep your sanity is being intentional about carving time to uh, to feed those passions okay so final question what advice overall would you give to the audience on navigating uncertainties and seeking support especially post-graduation yeah I think seeking community um, something I didn't mention when I was talking about job search is that I think when you start involving question around money and employment, there can be a lot of shame involved. And maybe you don't want to share with your friends that you haven't gotten a single interview when all of them have already, or that, I don't know, like you think someone is saving more than you and you feel shame around that. I think that is, it can be really counterproductive. I have found um, so much support in just sharing both when I struggle, but also sharing the knowledge that I have learned with my friends. Um, practical advice do you learn how to invest <laughs> um, because I never understood inflation until I felt it and things really do get very expensive and your money loses value um, so I think yeah learning how to invest is something that I would tell my younger self and maybe ask the right people and not those who are gatekeepy about it uh, so I think one thing I would say is um, live in the moment, enjoy the journey. It's going to be full of ups and downs. And I think no moment is wasted. Every Everything you go through is teaching you something, is preparing you for your future self. And I've learned to see how um, even the lows and the, the failures in code have helped to, you know, make me more resilient, um, help me to appreciate the beauty in life and just to enjoy the journeys. And I think we'll be surprised by how many people are actually not living in the moment. We keep uh, looking forward to the next thing. You know, we are good at setting goals and trying to achieve them. But when we achieve those goals, we actually don't revel in them. We 
look to the next goal and we are, you know, gunning on towards the next one and failing to realize that the things that we pray for, the things that we wish for, we are actually living in them and we fail to, you know, just pause and enjoy them. So that'll be my one advice. And then travel, you know, feed your passions, do things that feed that childlike wonder. Um, if it's, you know, uh, fitness, if it's um, singing, if it's music, just um, enjoy life. Don't take it too seriously. Uh, at the end of the day, we are all figuring it out. Your life is different from um, everyone else's. And so while people may give you, you know, advice, you know your life uh, better than anyone else. And so just enjoy it. Overall, like, I really loved how um, you both shared about, like, being being present in the moment and appreciating what it looks like to be older as well as also um, having a family and friends around you, you know, because even though there are hard times, um, having those people around you will help you to be stronger as well. So thank you so much for sharing all these um, different pieces of advice. Um, and for those who are experiencing uncertainty still, and you might need guidance, especially when it comes to the matters of job seeking, as well as adulting. There's definitely huge help in getting professional input and expertise. And for those who are in the Yale NUS network, do reach out to the Center of International and Professional Experience, the SIPE office, or for, uh, you can reach out to a counselor there through SIPE at yalenus.edu.sg. They're there for you. So, And there's so many other people who are also there for you who might not even like be in the Skype office itself, but it could be your friends, it could be your family. And for those who are outside of the Yale US network, reach out to your networks, reach out to your family, your friends, participate in conversations, get inspired and connect with people, you know, that you know, and they can give you clarity and opportunities. You will definitely land something. And to you listening in, Thank you for staying till the end and we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you want to keep up to date with the podcast and all wellness related programs on campus, follow us on Instagram at Yale US Wellness for more. Until then, stay well, stay safe and take care.